Well, hey guys, this is our last night with our with our with our guests, our guest speakers. We've had two. It was a wonderful surprise that uh, uh, Johnny Miller from uh, Pittsburgh has has been with us all weekend. And uh, come to find out, the first night I met him, uh, I I knew his brother, and uh, his brother pastors a wonderful church in Washington, PA, and then his whole family pastors. Amen. So and. And uh, but uh, I, I for some reason I feel like we're going to see you a little more often, you know, as well. And uh, it's prophetic. He's prayed over people in this house over the last couple of days. And uh, you know, we're going to release them tonight. Is that all right? Is, is it all right just to to bring godly men into the house and release them and allow them to sow into us to to receive what God has for us individually, even as a church? Amen. Can we do that tonight? Before we do that, I just uh, Pastor Paul, I, I just uh, you'll probably want to look at this though before before you preach. So. You know, it's not a gift that, you know, you can't look at. You have to look at it now, so. so but uh, we want to welcome our guests. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet tonight, and uh, let's welcome Pastor Paul Goulet. So, 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 you know, he's been talking a lot about flannel this week, and so, so we, we, we couldn't resist. You don't have to wear it tonight. And if it's the wrong size, we'll get you. Did you just smell it? Uh, okay, well, he's like, does it stink? Is it no, Was it your your shirt? No, new shirt smells sometimes. Okay, no, I like it though. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it was we couldn't we couldn't resist because he's been talking about everybody in West Virginia wears flannel. I'm like, does he not have flannel? Everybody has flannel. People got flannel underwear even, you know. So yeah. So anyway, I, too too much information. So, but anyway, let's welcome our guest, Paul Goulet. Amen. You notice I smelled it. <laughs> yeah, you know, go ahead, please be seated. You know how um, when you buy new clothes, they always smell. I never wear new clothes. I always have to wash it because I'm kind of like a, I'm not a clean freak. <laughs> Some people think I'm just a freak, but I do like stuff clean. And I don't like to wear new clothes. So I was thinking, maybe I can wear that. <laughs> I kind of like it. It's a, a nice color. Um, it's great to be here. What a, anybody, was anybody here Friday night? Did you receive anything Friday night? Okay. Anybody here Saturday morning? Did you receive anything Saturday morning? Anything, anyone here Sunday morning? Were you here Sunday morning? All right. I want you to turn to somebody and tell them what you got out of any of those days. Say one thing I got, one thing I learned, one thing that impressed me, one thing that touched me. Ready? One, two, three, go. And uh, I don't know if our friend, who's in the back, who, who's in the, did you guys get the pictures I sent you? I, I get a couple pics. Do you have that last one I sent you? It's just such a cool pic. When do you get to do stuff like this? You guys are good? Yeah, if you could show, oh, there we go. Now, some of you know that, um, uh, golly, when was it? It was the day of the fires in Lahaina. And um, I was praying. I have my, every morning I pray an hour to two hours a morning. And uh, pastor was asking me what I do. And I said, well, in the morning, I sit there with a notepad or an iPad. I get my Bible. I read my Bible, listen to some worship music. And then I say, God, speak to speak to my brain. Because I've never heard of my ears. I don't see angels. I don't see demons. But I know that God created my mind. And the Bible literally says I can have the mind of Christ. So if I don't focus my attention, people I used to hate praying. 
because I'm a little bit attention deficit disorder. So when I pray, I wanted to pray good prayers, but I just think about everything else. I think about the laundry I have to do, or in fact, I get, get to get my car fixed, or think about, my mind would just like that. But then I found out that prayer wasn't about me talking, it was about me listening. So I literally, every morning, I'll sit down and I'll make a list. Sometimes up to 60 things that come to my mind. You say, well, how do you know what God, what's God? I have to figure out what is God, what's me, what's society, what's the pizza from last night. I literally go through my list and I, I check it off. And I have a little box next to every single idea. Some are simple ideas. Get your car fixed. Well, that's still an important one. Pay your bills. That's an important one. But all of a sudden, pff, start a school. I remember when I... I remember when I got that one. I was in my office. And then started a men's leadership team. And so I called Eagles Court. And I picked the top guys from my church, and I started pouring into them every single month. I treat them all to lunch at a country club. Literally, I put big money down. I said, I'm just going to mentor the, the top leaders of my church. And I just literally paid for their lunch, and I gave them all a book because I'm a big book guy. I, when I go to a conference, I pick up every single book they have. <laughs> Because I'm thinking, I'm going to forget what you say. So I, I listen to what they say, then I write it down. I'm not big at watching videos or podcasts. That's not my gig, but I'm a reader. So I'll pick up all the books, and I'll just read them all, underline them, and then and, and interpret them. So every morning, I write my list, and I find out what I think is important. And then I, I do a little bit of reading. I'll, I'll read whatever. I'll, I'll obviously read the Bible, but I have little devotionals that I use sometimes to kickstart my spirit, so I'm, I'm tuning in. Uh, sometimes it's a book. So I do have a couple books left, um, and I have one, a couple examples of every one. Game Changers, that's what you give for Christmas to someone who's not saved. Uh, I mean, it will inspire you. I know, Don, you read it this morning. It doesn't take long for anybody to read, but it's, it's, it's all about uh, quotes um, that inspire people. I believe that we're called to be game changers in, in this community. You agree with that? Game changers at work, game changers in relationship, game changers financially. A little later on tonight, I, I'm asking Johnny to take one of my four points. I've got four points tonight. I said, Johnny, would you teach it? And he will. Because Johnny is actually not just, doesn't just believe it, he lives it. So, but the game changers, a few more copies left. I encourage you to buy it and give it away. So actually, something good can happen in this Christmas instead of giving them something they won't appreciate. The other one is, this is for Christians, and it's on the five powers of God. Literally, there's five different Greek words in the Bible that we don't see because English is not as precise. Greek is, a, is a more of a medical, medical language, and so it uses different words for different purposes. There are some verses that where you see all, all four of the five power words in one sentence. So... Paul's talking about power, and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, exousia, authority, dunamis, dynamite, uh, energia, energy, um, uh, ikshua, strength, kratos, dominion. Those are the five words. He'll use four of them in one sentence. So people say, oh, it doesn't make a difference. Of course it makes a difference. If you're a builder, and God's giving us tools to bring heaven down to earth, right? Thy kingdom, thy will be. Then God's going to give us tools to do that. I'd say 99.9% .9 of Christians, except for those watching right now, they don't know that there's five powers. So the whole time, and I know a lot of my Pentecostal friends, all they had was dunamis in their pocket. So unfortunately, they try to use dunam dunamis everywhere. Like, ah! They always wanted to fall down or shake or whatever. I'm not against that. If you want to fall down and shake tonight, have a good time. I've seen that all around the world. I was w in one place in India, 
because I'd go to northern India where they killed Christians, and I would go there because I'm a little radical. I prayed that I'd have my, the courage my dad had. He was first special forces. I've never, I don't have his courage, but I had a little bit. So I'd go to northern India, and we'd just go train leaders, and we'd go in the worst places in the world. And, and one day, uh, it was so funny, we were in a school. And because uh, I went and prayed for a gentleman, didn't know that he ran the largest private school system in the world. His name was Dr. Pinto. I prayed for him in the hospital. God healed him. So then he opened up all his schools to me. I think he had 200,000 students. And so he had me going in schools. And, and, and one night we had a full school, maybe 1,000 people in the gym. And uh, he told, they told me, hey, they all want to be prayed for. I thought, I'm going to be here all night long if I have to pray for everybody. I said, God, I need extra power tonight, extra dunamis. That was a dunamis night. <laughs> and so I thought, what am I going to do? Okay, gang, line up. <laughs> line up. Boom, boom, boom. So they lined up in rows of maybe 200, 220 people. And I, I said, God, I don't want to be here all night, so I really need you to do something great. I literally would start at the first line, and it was like dominoes. The power of God hit 200 people one shot. Then I went to the second one, maybe about 100 fell. So I'd go midline <laughs> and pray for the rest. Then I'd go third line. I was done in 20 minutes. And then I was going, I was, I was, they called me on another mission to go do something else. So, so I believe in dunamis, dynamite. Sometimes you need dynamite. But I, I walk into boardrooms where there's millions and hundreds, a uh, billion. Uh, I've walked into rooms lately. Like I told you two days ago, they gave us the Allegiant Stadium. So when you give at the end of service, you're giving to help veterans. We're going to try to reach 7,500 veterans. And we're going to honor them and give them gifts and just love on them. And we're going to sing, God bless America. Someone gave us a stadium, and now we're going to honor veterans. You're a veteran, Don. I'm sure there's other veterans. In How many more veterans are in this room? Give me a wave if you're a veteran. Come on, let's give them a huge round of applause. <laughs> Las Vegas has 200,000 uh, military people, and many of them are veterans. And so we did our first one. You, oh, this is going to freak you out. We did our first one, uh, and we gave out to 600 veterans. We gave about $1.2 million of gifts to 600 veterans. We had judges there, and I had one guy from Vietnam came up to me just weeping. He said, when I came back from war, they spat on me, and now you're doing this. And he's an older guy, and he says, I'll do anything for you. I had more gratitude that day. <laughs> Because the military people are just amazing, and they just showed more gratitude. Some said, no, no, I don't need anything. Just give it to someone who needs it. I said, no, we want to honor you as well. We got plenty. We actually ran out. True story. We ran out because we only planned on 500. 600 showed up. I said, no, we're not turning anything, anyone away. We're giving it to all of them. <laughs> and, and so then I had a friend just call me up and say, hey, we got some Ralph Lauren clothes. Like $100,000. What do you want to do with it? I said, bring it on down. Bring her down, get her done. <laughs> so people were, I mean, these military guys getting Ralph Lauren clothes, they're getting decked out. Some are getting leather couches. So this next one's going to be massive because we're doing it in a football stadium. You say, how do you do this? God gave me a stadium. Now, and then someone just gave us 250000 I need another 250000 I don't know where it's com coming from, but I know by June 6th, I'm going to have the extra two fifty. It's going to be done because I'm a con everybody say, I'm a conduit. You're not, a, you're not a swamp, you're a conduit. 
Every one of you are called to impact your city and your community. I've been telling pastor, he's done grants before. He's done uh, uh, nonprofits before, going into schools and training kids. We need people to reintegrate in society. Friends, we pulled out to have great churches. We need to go back in. We need to go back into society. We need to go back into the law departments. We need to go back into the courts, back into the political realm. It's messy, messy, messy. Anyway, you can't go in without five powers. It's like you're a military guy. You know, sometimes you need air support. My, uh, my uh, godson did uh, five tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. He was a ranger, is a ranger, just retired and, and uh, would go helicopter in and do missions. Hardcore, man. My grandfather was a pilot in the First World War. Hardcore. Sometimes you need air support. Sometimes you need guns. Sometimes you need grenades. Sometimes you need rocket launchers. But war, you can't go to war. If we're going to bring this kingdom down to these kingdoms, it's war. I'm not advocating violence. I'm advocating having a warrior spirit, that we're not victims anymore, nor are we insecure as Christians. We're very secure in who we are. We're, we're smart. We're gifted. Look at someone say, you're smart. Look at someone say, you're gifted. And by the way, you're good looking. Just say, come on, you're good looking. Don't be mean to these people. <laughs> so listen, Holy Spirit, I can't do this without you. Only, only you can do this kind of stuff. And I came here to see this church double and quadruple in the next year, year and a half. That's why I came, God. You know me. You gave me the gift. You said, whatever I put my hand to will prosper. And I'm putting my head into this ministry. I'm lending my support, my love. Johnny came with me because he's bringing his gifts. We're not insecure people. In fact, the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So we came with full confidence. We came fully armed. Then we believe that what you put in us, you can put in them. I declare this in Jesus' name. Amen? Now, one scripture I, I just had not planned on sharing, it's a very powerful scripture. It's found in Romans 1.11. You got, uh, please write this down. If you don't write it down, you'll forget what I say by tomorrow. Please write all this down because Romans 1.11 uh, tells us about a very important principle. It's called impartation. And pastors, you, you're going to understand this and you, you're going to get this. Impartation, Maxwell says this, your associations determine your destination. Why? It's because when you're with somebody, they rub off on you. In Proverbs, it says don't hang around losers. Don't hang around people. Don't walk with them. Don't sit with them. You can try to reach them. But Proverbs is very clear about who we should hang with, right? And so, so this is Romans 1.11. Paul says, I, he says, Romans 1.11. Just, just go there with me, please, for a moment. Um, Romans 1.11. And, Pastor, I just want to say before we read this verse, I love you and I love your wife. You guys are... You, 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 I like you more than pizza, and I really like pizza. I'm telling you. No, you two are great, and your kids are awesome. Look at these. Look at they're amazing. So I really, I'm really proud of you. I love our worship team here. I say, our, I'm part of your church now. You're stuck with me. You understand that? I, I take, I'm part of your church now, okay? Uh, now, you didn't ask me to move here, but you asked him. So uh, I might just move here and just kind of bother you for a while. <laughs> but here's the principle, and I don't take any of these opportunities lightly. I was just offered to be the COO of a university, and I said no, because I feel called to do this. You say, you're the dumbest guy in this room. No, I'm not. I'm not looking for a job. I'm looking for a calling. 
God called me to come here and strengthen you. I've already experienced mega things, and I'm going to experience more. You look at the plane. <laughs> I, I'll show you a picture of the stadium one of these days. I'm on Facebook, Paul Mark Goulet. Just check it out so you can follow the miracles. But this is powerful stuff. Romans 1.11 says this. He says, I long to see you so that I might impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. I think I mentioned this on Friday, or, or I can't remember, Saturday, but I didn't mention it on Sunday. The word in part is the Greek word metadidomai. Every time I read the Bible, I study it in Greek because I want to find out, or Hebrew if it's in the Old Testament, because I want to find out what it's really saying. The word metadidomai is used one time in the New Testament. It means I got plenty of what I have, and I want it. Gavin, right? I remembered your name, right? So, so Gavin, I, uh, it says, Paul says, I want to see Gavin and everybody else at the church here in West Virginia because I've got plenty. Metadidomai is I've got plenty. I want to transfer it to you. That's what metadidomide means. It means I want to give it to you. Now, I mean, you look at the, the word that's used often is didomai, which means give. Metadidomide is I got plenty. I want to give some to you. So in my right pocket, I always have, and I mentioned that the other day, plenty of candies. And my grandkids come up at church, and they reach in my pocket, and they come and take candies from Papa. They always know. And the other day, I had six of them the other day. One of them goes, Papa always has candy. And it's true. It's true. And in my left pocket, I always have cash. Because when I go to games, I always give them a dollar for every goal. <laughs> that's how I function. They know that's how I roll. I'm always going to reward them. When they get uh, A's, I give them, I think, 50 bucks or 25 bucks. When they get B's, I give them a little bit less. But I'm always rewarding my children because I reward what I want to see. If you want to see this church do things, reward them when they do it. Why do I, why do I compliment the team here? Because I want to see more of that. Kay's 19 years old. Imagine, Kay, you keep going like this. Oh, my goodness, what's going to happen through you? You're anointed. You're gifted. You're a man up here, a big man, beating on the devil. I want more of that. And look at Lava over there. I, he, I call him Lava because Hawaiian names are hard for a French Canadian. So I just, you know, he's Kay and he's Lava. But I'm looking at him play the drums and go, man, he's flowing like Lava. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say, you're so goofy. How can God use you? God doesn't need another Paul Goulet or Joyce Myers. He needs another you. Ryan, he needs a Ryan anointed. It's Stephen, right? See, I'm learning all you. I'm trying to learn all your names. That was one of my goals. I learned as many names as I can, and I really work on names because names are important. So in my right pocket, I can give you candies, meta. In my left pocket, I got some dollars. I can give you meta. Paul says, I want to give you meta. I want to impart to you uh, spiritual gifts. The Greek there is meta, uh, it's a pneumatikos charis. The word charis is interesting. We get our word term charisma from it. But the word charis means favor and gifts. So what did Paul Mark Goulet come here this weekend to do? To, and the word uh, uh, pneumatikos is God breathed. So Paul says, I'm going to come and see you, and I'm going to transfer to you God breathed gifts and favor. That's pretty big confidence right there. People give me planes and give me stadiums. What's he going to give you? God, what you put in me, put in Don. Put in pastors. Go ahead, God. You say, are you crazy? You believe there's a transference? Yeah. The Bible says that Joshua had a spirit of wisdom because Moses laid hands on him. 
There's another story where God took the spirit on, on one and put it on 50. You see, you have to understand that well, I'm here today because Claudio Frazen laid hands on me. Dr. Morocco laid hands on me. Dr. Dobbins laid hands on me. John Maxwell one day laid hands on me in front of everybody, and he said, receive a double portion of my leadership gift. Now, I can walk away an unbeliever, or I can say, I've got that gift. And I started functioning as if it was real, what he said. He transferred to me a gift that he had. Do I believe it's possible? Yeah, it's called impartation. Paul believed it, and I believe it. So I came here not just to teach you or share revelations, although those are good, uh, to resource you. I hope that everybody gets the books and start reading, underlining, and then give it away to someone else. I hope that you do that. But my third is, when we pray tonight, this is impartation. And, and, and you're going to look years from now and go, man, I remember when that, that crazy French-Canadian guy who's now a French-Canadian-American, prayed for me. And I remember when Johnny prayed for me. And I remember when the pastors prayed for me. And they transferred something into me. I'll never forget Claudio Frazen, Sergio Scatiglini, and Carlos Anacondia in Argentina. Paid, paid a ticket to go there. And they said, come up, Paul. So they're Latinos, and I'm not, obviously, but I do speak a lot of Spanish. And, and they call me up there, and I walk up there, and, and, and one of them says, let's mix our anointings. So all three of them came together and prayed for me. Now, I can walk away disbelievers say, no, that's not true. That's weird. Well, no, you can find it all the way through the Bible. I wrote a book called The Power of Impartation, but they're all sold out. The concept is there's real transfers, transfers that goes on in life, transfers from one person to another. It happens all the time. You want to become a negative person? Hang around negative people. You want to be with fearful people? Hang with fearful people. There's a transference that goes on. There's an impartation that goes on. If I want to be an architect, I go find the best architect. I learn from him or her. So today, I came here to transfer. It was all prep. I got to tell you a secret. Friday and Saturday was all preparation for today. And this morning was all preparation for tonight. You all still with me? Okay, you still with me? Anybody ready? Yes. All right, so I want to speak on dunamis, dunamis and more. And the screen's up there. If you could do that slide with a picture of my mama. My mama lived to be 100. And I told you I wear the cross to remember my mama that I lost during COVID. Now, even though she was 100, we can justify that was easy. It wasn't easy. It ripped my kidneys out, my guts out. I had a hard time react, uh, responding to the fact I lost my mama. She's in heaven, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. But I'll tell you what, it was like a hole left me. Something left me when my mom died, and I've re I really struggle with it. It's now two years, but that's my, my love, my mama, and uh, she is amazing, and she's, I led her to the Lord, um, and she was just the greatest person in the world. So that is my mama, um, <laughs> and uh, so let's keep going. I'll, I'll get sidetracked on my mama. <laughs> um, four powers that will transform your world, and I, I want to transfer these. I'm transferring them in knowledge but I also want to transfer it through prayer. So at the end, we're just going to pray, and we're going to wait on God, and we're just going to, I'm going to let that transference happen. Amen? All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the four powers I want to transfer tonight. One is the power of reinterpretation. I spoke on that yesterday morning, but for those that weren't there, it, God gives you the ability, Genesis 50, 20, where, where, and it's up there. It says, what the enemy meant for harm, God meant for good. What you meant for harm, God turned for good. You, this is a coal state. God takes the coal, squishes it in his hand, and turns it into diamonds. 
So before we can get fully armed, I need you to give every pile of coal that's happened in your life. Whether it's memories from the military or memories from your childhood or abuses or cheatings or whatever's happened in your life. Take it, give it to God tonight at this altar and say, I'm claiming the coal will become diamonds. Don't let that coal keep you dirty and, and discouraged for the rest of your lives. You take that coal out of your memory banks and you say, God, I need that converted tonight. He's going to recycle that coal. And I'm telling you, what the enemy meant to kill you, God can turn for good. The actual word there is synthesize. It's really interesting to how God does that. He takes it and he goes, he synthesizes it and it comes out a diamond. So the first power is the power of reinterpretation. In therapy, we call, we call it reframing. We can't change the event, but we can frame it differently. And I, I think I told you, look at that picture. I love this one here. <laughs> God, I have a plan for your life. What it feels like. Holy Spirit's laughing. <laughs> this is you on the right. Isn't that a cool one? I like that picture. It says it all right there. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, he says, you meant this for evil. And the word in Hebrew is thought. You planned it out and you calculated it for that it would bring evil in my life. But instead of bringing evil, it actually got God on my side. You did it to hurt me. God said, uh-uh, I won't let this hurt my kid. I'm going to, look what it says, calculated, plan, and imagined it to turn out for good. So imagine that the devil's throwing you a curveball, and maybe it's a loss or a divorce or bankruptcy or whatever else or sickness. He throws you a curveball, and God says, I got that one. Squishes it in his hands and says, here's a diamond. Walk away with that. And then you fill your pockets full of diamonds. See, this is, I'm giving you a gift right now, so that's in your pocket. Next time something bad happens, go, I'm going to interpret what's happening, but I'm going to interpret it through all the promises of God, and it's going to come out better. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be stronger. I've had some bad things happen the last couple of years, and I said, God, I don't know how you're going to do this, but somehow you're going to bring good out of this. Because that's the only thing. It's not good. We're not in denial saying, oh, you're just flat in denial. No, I'm not in denial. It's bad. It's really bad. When my daughter had cancer, it was really bad. God said, I'm going to turn that for good. Okay, God, only you can do that. So tonight, there, I would suspect everyone in this room has something they need to give over to God. So he'll squish it in his hand and turn it into a diamond. If we're going to touch our communities, we have to be healthy. We have to be whole. And there's still some parts of us that are broken. And it's not for condemnation. It's because God loves you and wants to heal that area of your life. Amen? Okay. Number two. He wants to, uh, and I, I like getting in trouble. You know, if I told you some of the stories, man, like every time we would go to like a youth camp, we would get thrown out of this thing, man. They'd be like, these kids need saved, man, you know. Uh, I remember this one time we had to go to the board of the church because the church was going to get sued because of something we did. No joke. And um, so, you know, like. Just it's get it's coming, bro. But let me tell you, when you get wild kids, they're world changers. Okay, you don't want to take the wild out of those kids, man. Those wild kids, they're the ones that do it. But I was just like, Lord, you know what? I was gonna tell the rest of that story. It's pretty funny, but we'll tell it next time I come. But um, I I love all this stuff, but if it doesn't work in real life, I don't want it. So, like, I just want to believe that what you said is going to work. And, like, here's the thing. 
when you try to do this, guys, here's what's going to happen. Your faith will be tested. Then you have a choice. Am I going to change my theology? Or am I going to stay steadfast and say, this is going to change, period. And I just, you know what, I've lived my life and I've just said, I am not, I'm not going to back down off of this. And so this word kratos, dominion, right? Can you say it like, say it like you're Greek, kratos, right? Kratos, right? That was maybe a little Greek and Italian, like a Nacho Libre accent, right? You know, <laughs> see what it tastes like. But it means dominion, okay? Dominion. So this word dominion, like we kind of don't like it because it also can mean dominate, right? And there's this thing, it's like that I see in a lot of churches these days. It's like the diary of a wimpy Christian stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, let's just, okay. Oh, we don't want to offend you. Oh, we don't want to hurt your feelings. Oh, we're just, it's okay. Here, punch me in the face. I'll turn the other cheek, you know? By the way, that turn the other cheek thing was completely subversive to culture. If you really read what it meant, they had the authority to slap you on the face with the back of their hand, but they didn't have the authority to slap you on the face with the open hand. And what Jesus is saying is this. No, you turn the other cheek and make them hit you this way because you have the authority. Like there's so many things Jesus teaches, but we're just like, oh, I'll be wimpy. Oh, hey, you can have use whatever restroom you want right now. I'm getting political. All right. I'm sorry. But listen, Genesis one. OK, it says this. Fill, subdue and have dominion. He says, be fruitful and multiply. Now, let me tell you one thing. You hear all this stuff about original sin. Original sin isn't in this book. Original blessing is. As soon as God made us, he said, it is very good. Okay? Revelation chapter 1. Okay? I'm going to read this one because it's really good. This is Revelation 1. Okay? It says this. To him, this is Jesus, who loved us and washed us. Come on, somebody. Help me preach. From our sins in his own blood. Dude, that, that's it. I could just drop the mic right now, okay? And has made us kings, which I talked about on Friday night, and priests. You're supposed to be both, and that's what I'm going to get here for one, a couple minutes. To his God and Father, to him be glory and what? Dominion forever. See, what dominion is this? It means domin it's like dominio, which is the original like Latin and the Greek, and what that means is Lord. So Jesus is what? He's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of, well, who are the lords that Jesus is Lord over? Can I tell you? I'm looking at him. Who are the kings that Jesus is king over? You are. You are. You are. I don't care what someone said to you. I don't care if they beat you down. I don't care if they called you the names. Everybody here's got stuff, man. I got stuff. Honestly, if you grow up in church, you probably got more issues than if you didn't. Let's be honest, right? Dominion. OK, I'm going to leave you three thoughts and I'm not going to be long. I'd love to be. Don't don't get me wrong, but we want to pray over you guys. We want to impart to you like Paul and I, you know, we, we could come and uh, do a hundred different things. I Listen, my gear, my heartbeat is like I just want to be in. I have the insatiable hunger for the presence of God. That's my jam. But like we want we felt called and we were asked to come and impart something that changes culture. So listen, number one, taking territory. If you're taking notes, always requires displacing a territorial spirit. Always. Anywhere God calls you, I don't care if it's in a business setting. I don't care if it's in the school board. I don't care if it's in local government or if it's. 
hosting the president of the United States or the future president of the United States in your church. You, the, as soon as you step into it, baby, get ready. Buckle up. That's why God gives you sp spiritual armor. Put on your armor because you're going to need it. Okay? Look at your neighbor and be like, bro, you're going to need it. Yeah. So here's the thing. The, the bigger the, the, the task on your life, the bigger the call, the bigger the enemy. When the, when the Israelites were going into the promised land, they said, see, see uh, ten of them said they're giants. You know what the other two said, though? And this is, this is who I'm looking at right now. They're our bread. We're literally, we're going to eat them. That's what they said. Dude, see, that's a, that's a, that's kratos. That's dominion. Like, dude, listen, I don't care who I'm going up against. And this comes, listen, you see it. You know where else you see it? David and Goliath. Do you know why David had no fear? I'll tell you two things. One, he knew he had a prophetic word from the best guy in the business, Sam, right? That he was going to be king. But here's the more important part. In Joshua 1, he says, everywhere the sole of your foot treads, you have dominion, right? Do you know where the battle took place? It took place in the valley, blah, 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 whatever in the Hebrew, right? I'm not going to. In the, in the land that was given to the tribe of Judah. Who was David of? Judah. David said, bro, you're on my turf. I have dominion over this place. See, when God gives you an assignment, he will give you authority. If you don't have the assignment, this is where we get into trouble. See, we, we step in somewhere we don't have the assignment, so we don't have the authority. When he gives you assignment, he will give you authority. So David was like, bro, you're toast. And, you know, he said the same thing that Joshua's boys said. These, bro, I'm going to feed you to the birds and the beasts, right? Here's the second thought. I got some other stories, but I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow past because we need to. Authority has to be earned, guys. See, when we start praying for healing and we don't see a result, why isn't this working? I'll tell you why. Because you haven't earned the authority yet. See, in the Greek, there was a, there was a word that was used. That was, it's called a huios. In the Bible, where it says, be perfect as your father is perfect, that word actually means be huios. What it meant is a fully mature son that when he went to the marketplace, he had the ring of authority. That anything he did, like the credit card Papa G's talking about, that's what I call him, right? If he said, this is it, that was the same as if his father said it. When I had little kids, we had two big dogs, okay? And my babies, they would say, we had a big German shepherd. He was like 120 pounds. I'm not exaggerating. And he was like jet black, and the neighbors are all like, ooh. They wouldn't even, the package guys would leave, like UPS would leave the stuff down like on the curb, like at the bottom of the driveway. And, and his name was St. Augustine, but we called him Gus. And they would say, sit, Gus. And he'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> See, my kids had authority because of me. I'm the authority over Gus, and they're my kids, so they have authority. But Gus didn't listen to them. He was like, what are these little things? You know, I'm, I'm bigger, man. I, I poop bigger than you, man. You know? But here's what happened. When my children began to grow, they began to understand authority. And guess what happened? When they began to understand authority, they would say, Gus, sit. And you know what started happening? Gus started sitting. I want to tell you this. If you keep pushing into the thing that you're looking to break through, you don't stop. You will gain the authority and the muscle to push through, and that thing will begin to listen. That's kratos, dominion. Look at your neighbor and say, kratos, right? All right. Last thought. This is where we've been going all weekend long, guys. 
transform people must, all caps, transform culture. See, listen, we can do this. This is what we've been doing. You've been hearing this all weekend long. You know why? And I, uh, this is not a political statement, okay? But this just, I'm talking about spiritual strategy here. When I call him Orange Jesus, right? Donald Trump, the Don, right? When Orange Jesus, right? Because my man's orange, right? I'm like, dang, man, he's like that color, you know? Like the, the sweater color, right? When Orange Jesus came into the church, and he was prophesied over and prayed over because the church that he went to and the leadership he went to had Kratos, right? Here's why that was important. This is not a political statement, but I, I know I'm in line. I know this. I know your pastors enough that I know that I can say this. In that time when he was put in office, he put judges in office and on the Supreme Court that overturned a scourge on America, which was Roe v. Wade. Now, you uh, there's a whole bunch of that that I could unpack for three hours. But here's the thing. Without someone saying, you know what, we're going to step into the kingdoms of this world and start to begin to take that authority, these things don't happen, guys. Without you saying, you know what, whatever you're called to, I'm going to step in. I'm a transformed person. I am going to transform culture. See, that's the, that is where we get breakthrough, guys. Every one of you, when you leave here this weekend, dude, just pick one thing. You don't have to be Orange Jesus. You ain't got to be the president. You won't, you won't make it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, listen, man, just pick the thing you are passionate about, okay? Because if it's, if it's important to you, do you know what? It's important to him. You do that, guys, you, take, you start taking territory. The next thing you know, this guy didn't start off praying for the Dalai Lama and Donald Trump and flying on jets and all, all that. He went to the moon. He went to Mars. I mean, he, the, the, he colonized Mars. Like, oh, listen, he didn't start there. He started with one thing. And I've been saying this every time I say a little thing. That's all you take. One. And you know what happens? The kingdom, this is Revelation 2. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Everybody said? That's where you're supposed to Amen. There you go. All right, cool. How many of you love Johnny? So I want the worship team to come up, and, and uh, I'm going to close with one last story based on that. He just mentioned the Dalai Lama. And yeah. Just wait till the next couple of years what's going to happen. The Bible says that heaven is waiting for this, these champions, sons and daughters of God, to rise up, the, the Debras. God is waiting for that. He's waiting for that. And God sent us here for you to transfer the anointing on you, the authority on you, the dunamis power on you, revelations on you. It's all been trans... I didn't ask for one single dime when I came here. When I come serve kings, I don't, I, I don't have a price tag. You can't buy what, what we're doing here. I used to do big seminars with big money. I don't do that anymore. I come here. Where is God sending me? He sent me here. 
Then I realized it was near Pittsburgh, and I called my buddy in Pittsburgh because we have a dream to do this with businesses, and, and we, we want to teach people how to, to really bring the kingdom down to the kingdoms, financially, economically, government-wise. And I'm telling you, I was just offered to take over um, the state position uh, as a representative for one of the people running for office again and running for presidency. I said no because I, I think this is my calling right now. My calling is to come and prepare people like you. So I don't know if you know this, but you must be really important. Say it with me. I'm really important. Because God wouldn't have sent me here if you hadn't been important. I got a limited time on my life. I'm getting the la my last chapter or last couple chapters, and I'm not going to be around there for 100 years. So I got to make everything count. And I knew that I knew that I knew. God told me that I had to bring the crossover book. Because you guys are crossing over as a congregation. You'll go to two services. You'll get another building somewhere. And then you'll build the land. All these things that God's planning. And I was here just to kind of go. Breathe on you to do it. Do it. But you're going to need authority and power to do it. Because every demon in hell and territorial demons in this area do not want you to do what God wants you to do. They are dead against you. They don't want you to influence government. They don't want you to have a great church. They don't want you to have schools. They don't want you to do anything. So they're going to fight you. Steal, kill, and destroy, right? We read that. So tonight as we close, I, I told my friends I, I was going to, I wanted to tackle every, every major area. And I, so I, I led one guy from Hollywood to the Lord. He's a big, big money person and famous person. And I led him to the Lord. And I said, now go change the world. Like I'm telling you, go change the world. I didn't specify. He doesn't live in my city. And I just said, go change the world. He calls me up. Hey, listen, I'm going to do a big event at the Staples Stadium or something like that in L.A., big stadium. I said, that's exciting. He says, yeah, then we're going to follow up with something at the Rose Bowl banquet room with movie stars and Jim Carrey's coming and Sharon Stone. I'm thinking, that's awesome. I said, what's it for? He says, we're going to raise money for kids. And this is great. I'm so excited. My, my young disciple is doing something good. And I said, I thought he was going to ask me to speak at both events. I said, well, who's the speaker? Kind of kind of playing dumb, like thinking it was me because I led it to the Lord. He goes, the Dalai Lama. I go, what? You're like Scooby-Doo. What? I was kind of mad at first, kind of insulted. No, no, I'm the one that led you to the Lord. Dalai Lama didn't lead you to the Lord. I led you to the Lord. I didn't say that. I just stayed humble. And all of a sudden in my brain, Paul, you said you'd help him. Go help him. I said, okay, I'll be there. So I missed the first one because of the traffic in L.A., which is crazy. But I got to the second one, and it was a big deal and VIP thing and all these famous producers and actors. The guy from Born Identity was there. All these famous people were there. And, and I, it was so funny because he ended up sitting me with his mama and, and sat with his mama family people. And it was just an amazing event. And Dalai Lama spoke and all that. And Katie, I think Katie Kirk was there. All these famous people were there. And I, I asked my friends, I said, pray for me because I want to meet the Dalai Lama. I want to shake his hand, and I want him to feel the power of God that's in me. Imagine having that much confidence. But my confidence is in him. He gave me the credit card. I still use it. So I have a bunch of people praying for me. And so at the end of the meeting, I, I'm just talking to people, loving on everybody. And all of a sudden, they're going, Hey, pastor, pastor, there's a big line to go meet the, the Dalai Lama. I go, oh, man, I missed it. I was talking. I ran. I'm at the end of the line, probably 100 people in front of me. And these 100 are not just a normal 100. These are producers, actors, actresses, the, the who's who of the zoo. And I'm at the end of the line. 
So I didn't want to have a bad attitude because I want to stay humble. I said, okay, God, what do I do? He says, do what you always do, Paul. Love people. I said, okay, whoever's behind me, I'm just going to love on them and just treat them great. And if I don't meet the Dalai Lama, that's, I, I, it's out of my hands right now. So I turned to them, and it's a gay couple, two guys. And, and they were obviously a couple. And so we started talking, and I said, listen, would you like to I'd love to have you come to Vegas sometime. I'll treat you both to, to dinner. And they go, excuse me, what do you do? I said, well, I'm a pastor. You want to take us to dinner? Yeah. Yeah. I just loved on them. And all of a sudden, I heard this, Pastor Goulet, please come to the front. I cut the line. They made me cut the line. All the, and, the, and the line was on my right side. It was like, mm, yeah, I'm bad. I'm bad. I got authority. Bam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cutting the line. I get to the front of the line. He goes, Dalai Lama, this is my pastor. First time he'd ever call me pastor. Pastor. This is the Dalai Lama. Come on up here. It's the, is it Stephen? Tyler. Tyler. Come on up here, Tyler. True story. And then what we're going to do is release it on you. Release this great power of God on you. It's his. It's not mine. It's his. We're just conduits. So I go like this. He looks at me like this. God, I say, God bless you. And then he wouldn't let go of my hand. And he wouldn't take his eyes off me. You know when guys hold your hand for too long, it's weird. They body. So, so he held on my hand. <laughs> what do I do? So I go, well, God bless you again. <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. I got a picture of it. He was so frozen by the power of God. His, he wouldn't meet anybody else. Security literally just took him and ushered him to his car. The power of God wrecked him so he couldn't even speak anymore. What happened, there was a conflict of powers power in me. Greater is the power in you than the power that's in the world. And he felt that power. I got goosebumps all over my arms. I feel the power tonight. It's to be transferred to you because you're going to need it. What Johnny said is 100% true. This is not ping pong. This is contact. Full contact. Put on the full armor of God. Principalities, powers in high places. And you know what? When you start doing that, whether that means you're rescuing homeless people like I've done, whether it means you're going into the, to Madagascar where they sell little girls for $5 and I'm training people and confronting them about changing that in their society, wherever it might be, whether it's small or big, it doesn't matter as long as you're going with the power of God. You're not going with your credit card. You're going with his credit card. And you pray not based on your own merit, but based on the fact that it's going through you. Someone say amen. amen. Do you get the revelation? Let's all stand in the presence of God.